welcome, welcome to CRC Durban and Melito. So great to have those of you that are in the house with us this morning and those on the other side of this camera, those in Facebook world, YouTube world, those listening on Faith TV. We welcome you, those listening on podcasts, on the radio station. Come on, CRC Durban in the facility this morning. Just give them a great big welcome, welcome, welcome. Are you ready? I know today is going to be explosive. I know today God is busy with us. So you may greet somebody with a Bluetooth greeting, and then you may be seated. Take out your Bibles. I want to get into the Word immediately this morning. I am excited. I am bursting with this Word in my spirit. I believe God is doing something in our church and through our church. I don't doubt we've always had God's presence, but they felt to me like there was a shift last Sunday. God is moving. We've got to come expected. We've got to come hungry We've got to come with open hearts and surrendered hearts. We're going to build back better. We're going to build back better in our lives, build back better in our relationship first and foremostly with God, and we're going to build back better as we advance His kingdom in the name of Jesus. So I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. I'm going to say it again, stop placing limits on what God can do in and through your life. But we're not going to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish if we're in neutral, if we're in religion. So we're going to talk about this living relationship and how we're going to build back better. In Genesis chapter 12, God gives Abraham a promise. We all know the story. He says, if you'll leave your mother, father, the country that you're in, etc., 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 I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. It had nothing to do about making him blessed. It had to do everything about his purpose, to be a blessing. Blessed means I'm empowered to prosper and to succeed. Being a blessing means I'm an agent of God who's going to empower others to prosper and to succeed. And the Bible says in Genesis 12, 4, so Abram departed. And God gave him certain promises. And when those promises weren't manifesting, like many of us, Abram tried to help God out. His wife said to him, look, I can't give you a child, so why don't you sleep with my maidservant, Hagar? And Hagar fell pregnant and gave birth to Ishmael, which is where Islam comes from. And because God is a God of covenant, he said that son will also be a great nation, but will be in conflict with the son of promise. He's illegitimate. He's premature. He's an imitation of the promise. He's not the real thing. And that's where many of us as Christians get stuck. We get stuck at the imitation. Remember, God is a creator and the enemy is an imitator. And truth and error, truth and lie live very parallel to each other. Sometimes it's so deceptive. God is a creator. The devil is an imitator. He can't create anything, so he uses the same tricks of deception. And after Abram messes up trying to help God out, he has to build back better. And we know that God comes to him at beyond childbearing age and beyond Sarah's childbearing age and says to him, this time next year your wife will be with child. He said, I've already got a child. He said, no, 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 I don't even recognize that child. Son of promise. God's got a son of promise for each one of us. God put something in your heart, God's got something for you to do, but you've got to do it God's way. You've got to build according to God's pattern. Not according to your own pattern, what's comfortable, what you like, what you feel, your preference. 
So in Genesis 22, the boy Isaac has been born. The boy Isaac is roughly about 13 years of age. And it starts in verse 1, and it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, notice his name has gone from Abraham to Abraham, father of many nations. God said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Hang on, what about Ishmael? God doesn't even recognize the illegitimate son. He only sees the son of promise. Now take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on me on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I want you to take the promise I've given you and I want you to put it on an altar of sacrifice. I want you to take your prized possession, the son of promise that I told you about, and I want you to put it on the altar. And I want you to sacrifice him to me. Real worship entails sacrifice. That's why it's called the sacrifice of praise. Because sometimes you don't feel like praising Him. Offer Him, there is a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abram rose early. In other words, when God speaks, don't negotiate. When God speaks, don't go back to your wife. You don't see Him going to Sarah saying, listen, your son of promise, the son you waited a hundred years for. I want to tell you a strange thing happened last night. No, he got up early. Before doubt, before fear, before reason could get into his mind, he said, listen, God spoke, I'm going to get up and do. So Abram rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, I've heard that before, I know somebody went to a cross and on the third day, Abram lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abram said to his son, his young men, the servants that were with him, stay here with the donkey. This is important. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. What is your worship, Abram? I'm sacrificing the son of promise that God, you promised me and that you gave me, and I'm giving it back to you. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, but watch his faith. We will come back to you. In other words, Abram had this faith in God, this confidence in God, and God's Word that whatever God promised, God will fulfill, no matter what the journey entailed, no matter what the circumstances entailed, no matter what confusion was facing him. I mean, it didn't make logic sense. God gave him this promise, this Isaac, and then God says, take Isaac, the one that's the seed through which I'm going to bless the nations of the earth. Now you must take Isaac and go and sacrifice him. Because whatever you give God in worship, He'll give back to you. So Abram took the word of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took a fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. This is going to get Anah. 
and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Isaac speaking. Are you ready? Look, the fire. I wasn't sure this morning if the smoke was haze from a machine, the fire from my burning wood, or the glory cloud from heaven. Oh, I pray for the day that you walk into this facility, that we come here on a Sunday morning, and that you can't stand on your feet because the presence of God is so strong, and the presence of God is so thick that when we begin to worship Him, we don't stand and choose to worship. We fall flat on our face and just begin to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our worship has to come from our heart, no longer from our head. He said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? You see, there's a difference between religion and relationship. I told you I'm going to stand on some toes. We want our kids to serve God. We want our kids to be on fire for God. We want our kids to make the right decisions. May I ask you how you are demonstrating your relationship with God to your children? May I ask you how are your kids seeing your faithfulness in season and out of season? I want to ask you how desperate are your kids seeing you cry out to God? Because how you model is the temperature that is set for your kids. I'm not saying your walk with God has to be perfect. I'm not saying you're not going to make mistakes. But can they see that your heart is tender to God? Because Isaac saw how his father worshipped. Isaac saw how his father praised. Isaac saw that there was something wrong with this picture. I've watched you worship God, and it's always cost you something. You got up early in the morning. You got dressed for church. You got there on time. You always gave your best whenever you could. Oh, I've watched how you worship. I've watched how you worship God. I see I see you always had the fire. You always had the wood. But God, my God, there's something missing in the picture. Where is the sacrificial lamb? It wasn't just any lamb. They didn't just worship God and son, go and find the one that's the cheapest. The one that's got all the wires stuck in its paws. The one that's got a limp. No, when they worship God, they'd go and find the best lamb. Oh, I'm, I told you I'm going to stand on some toes. Doesn't matter how we come to church. No, it doesn't matter how you come. Just don't stay as you came. I'm going to get in your face this morning. Because I want you to have an encounter with God that will change your life forever. And not only will it change your life, but it's going to infect the lives of people around you. We don't serve God, by the way. We don't serve God with our second best. 
I hate it. Let's, we need to do this for the church. And then people start bringing their old second-hand TVs, which they replace with a brand-new TV. And that TV is still as thick as a brick wall. Oh, you know, it still works, but the remote doesn't work. But it's good enough for the church, really. I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but how many of us are struggling to get back to church because we've developed bad patterns over lockdown and our kids are watching us being casual towards God and in our worship towards God? Now, the Bible says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, as long as you stay in my house, as long as I'm paying the bills, you're coming to church with me by hook or by crook, I'm taking you with. While I take care of you, I'm going to bring you into the house of God. I'm going to bring you to Children's Church on the 9th of May. I'm going to not make excuses, because if I make excuses, you're going to make excuses. Woo! Woo! It's not a motivational message. It's not condemnation either. It's a wake-up for all of us. Yeah, I love going to church in Durban, and praise God, we can just come in our, okay, and I'm going to stand on people's toes because you're not wearing shoes. We can just come in our shorts and our floppies. Really? I'm not against you coming like that. But why do you wear a suit to work? Why when you go on a date, you dress up, put your most expensive aftershave on, you comb your hair, you haven't combed your hair in a week, man. Why when you go on a date, you make an effort, but when it comes to God, you haven't even taken the sleep out of your eyes yet. Temperature is rising. <laughs> hmm? Isaac makes a statement. He says, Dad, I've seen the wood. I've seen the fire. That I recognize. I've always seen you worship with wood and fire. I've always seen you prepared. But, Dad, you always took the best lamb out of our flocks. Not the, the best one. The one we should have put on auction. Dad, where is the lamb? Watch Abram's response. My son, I love it. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, prophetically speaking of Jesus. Kids are watching how you serve. People are watching what's your priority. Are we really honoring God? Hey, listen, people aren't stupid. They see. But because Abram is walking with God, because Abraham has made a decision, I believe the promise, and whatever it takes, I'll obey God. He says, you know what, son? <laughs> I know God. I saw him on the backside of the desert. I saw him when I looked after, <laughs> I saw him when I was looking after the sheep. I've seen him. I've seen him in my life. I've seen how he's provided. I've seen how he's protected. I've seen how he's kept me. I've seen how he's blessed me in the past. And I still believe he can do it again. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abram built an altar, similar to this, not really, but similar. He built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abram stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abram, Abram. So he said, here I am. 
And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, reverence God, honor God, love God, worship God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. In other words, Abraham, you've given your best in worship. Abraham, you've held nothing back. Then Abram lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abram went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place. Oh, I love this. The Lord will provide. In other words, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, the God who provides. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son in worship, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of the enemies. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abram returned. Family, God's plan for your life far exceeds the circumstances of the day. Everything we need is found in His presence. And that is why the devil is after our worship. And I'm not just talking about our verbal worship. I'm talking about our dedication. I'm talking about our commitment. I'm talking about our surrender. I really pray for the day that people walk into this building for every service and they fall flat on their faces because of the Shekinah glory of the Lord. It's in His presence that every chain is broken. It's in His presence, like Isaiah 10, 27 says, the anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. My pastor said recently, the greatest revival this world has ever seen is about to hit planet earth. And it will be preceded by a wave of extravagant and explosive worship. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of His people. Our radical extravagant worship is a non-negotiable. I think that's a good time to jump up on your feet and just give God some crazy praise. Oh, break the shackles of the enemy. Break the shackles of tradition. Break the shackles of culture. Break the shackles of whatever it is that is limiting you. Oh, somebody just shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Somebody in your home this morning just shout, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We worship you, God. We unashamed. Break the shackle as you shout your praise. As you worship Him, sickness leaves your body. As you worship Him, peace will come and touch you and bring healing and bring hope in the name of Jesus. I mean, David fought his battles from a foundation that was established in worship. Before he defeated Goliath in the valley of Elah, he defeated Goliath in the backside of the desert looking after his father's sheep. But the truth is our worship is going to cost us. It's going to cost us something. It's not going to come cheap. It's not always going to be convenient. In Abram's journey to fulfilling the promise and becoming the father of faith, he had to come to a place of total surrender. 
a place of total trust in God and His Word. A total dependence upon God. And it's a place that you can only find in true worship. John chapter 4, Jesus talking to the woman. And He said, woman, believe me, it's verse 21. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. For you worship what you do not know. Listen to this. We know what we worship. Religion. Relationship. Do you realize we can go to church every single Sunday and not engage God? We've done the right thing. Whether you're in a traditional church, a charismatic church, full gospel church, Pentecostal church, you can jig, you can shake. I mean, it's easy to tell what kind of denomination a person comes out of. I spoke to somebody this week who was raised Anglican like me. We were raised, the Lord, you'd greet the person like that, the Lord is good. If you come from a certain Afrikaans background, there's a certain way you hand, handshake. If you're charismatic, there's a certain time in the service and you'll start this, oh Jesus. Oh. <laughs> American Pentecostal, Jesus. <laughs> but you can have all that and not know Him. You can have all the jigs and the jives and the moves and the dances and, and still not know Him. Daniel 11:32 32b, the Bible says the people who know their God shall be strong and they shall do great exploits. It's the people that really know God and you get to know God in worship. You get to know God in the Word and we need to get back to a place of surrender to God in worship. There's no place for Lone Ranger Christianity. So many people have backslidden in this season. You're meant to be part of the body, and that's why corporate worship is so important. In Abram's journey, he comes to a place of surrender. Jesus says, we know who we worship. You don't know what you're worshiping. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. So let me, let me give this to you. True worship. Are you ready? The focus is on God. I didn't come to church for a man. You're missing it all the time. Because while you're worshiping, you're thinking about the sound. And while you're worshiping, you're thinking about the problems you've got. And while you're worshiping, you're thinking about this situation. And while you're worshiping, th that's what I'm talking about. True worship is I get to a place of abandonment. I'm not sitting in church going, I wonder if that roast chicken is going to get burnt. I wonder what my dogs are doing now. I need to get to shops before it gets too busy. There's a special on at the shop, and I've got to go after church. And I'm gonna, True worship is selfless. 
in true worship, it is all about Him and not so much about me. True worship is seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. True worship, the focus is on God, not the giants. Because when you really worship God, you can't worship and worry at the same time. Because the more you worship, the bigger God becomes in every situation. I mean, God gives Abraham an instruction that is contrary to the promise. And Abram realizes he's tried to help God out before. And it led to an illegitimate manifestation of the promise. But Abram says, you know what? To the young servants that are with him, you stay. Genesis 22 verse 5, you stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. Because worship is not about me. Worship is about sacrifice. Hebrews 13 verse 5, the Bible says, Therefore by Him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifice God is well pleased. Psalm 107 verse 21 and 22, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. Listen this morning, family. Abram was not concerned about the situation. Abram was not concerned about the dire circumstance. Abram's focus was not on the fact that he had to sacrifice. Abram's focus was on the fact that he was going to worship God with everything God had given him. He was not worried about what they said. He wasn't worried about COVID. He wasn't worried about sickness. He wasn't worried about what he was going to lose. He was only concerned with focusing on worshiping God. I'm going to worship Him. And if my worship entails me giving everything, the Son of Promise, I don't care because I trust God. I don't care because I believe God. I don't care because my focus is on God. That's why you can't be a Christian and be worried about what people think of you. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart if my focus wasn't on him. Abram was not concerned about the circumstances. Because God is bigger than any situation which is contrary to his promise. In Genesis 22 verse 7 and 8, Isaac spoke to Abram, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abram said, my son, God will provide himself the lamb for the burnt offering. As God gets bigger, when the focus is upon him, when God gets bigger in your life, the problems get smaller. As God gets bigger, the impossibilities become less impossible. To build back better, we're going to have to give God our best worship. To build back better, we're going to have to keep our focus on him. All of us, myself included, are being bombarded with negative narratives. 
We've been bombarded with lies from the pit of hell that are contrary to the word of God. And now we try and reason out God. We try and work him out. He is God. You are not. I'm not talking about using natural wisdom in the things of life. I'm talking about walking with God and talking with God and a relationship with God. I'm talking about putting God first, and it starts in a place of worship. I know many people that have read the Bible from Genesis through to Revelation and Revelation back to Genesis in Hebrew, Greek, Portuguese, Afrikaans, English, and they still can't surrender to the Word because they're not connecting with God in the Spirit, and that comes through worship. You need to worship Him in spirit, which is a relationship, and you need to worship Him through truth, which is the word it's not one or the other if you only get into the spirit you become flaky and if you only get into the word you'll end up legalistic how are you going to obey God's instructions that are contrary to what you're feeling or seeing if your focus isn't on him reckless abandonment I remember when we sold our house to pay the deposit on our first building in Durban. I don't tell you this to brag. I tell you to tell, tell to, 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 so you can relate to it. When we sold our house, I'll never forget my pastor saying to me, it's the worst financial decision you've ever made, but the best spiritual decision. And it was not even an issue to me or my wife. When I went to her the 1st of January 2003 and I said to her, I just went over to the kitchen and I said to her, what will you do if God tells us to sell the house? She said, just make sure it's God's. Simple. When the opportunity came, we put it on the market within five days, it was sold, used that money as the deposit. Because it's not about me, it's about Him. We're trying to get all religious about things. You can't do this without His Spirit. You can't do this without focus on God and surrender to God and surrender to Him in worship. That's why the enemy is trying to stop the worship. I was looking recently at some of our well-known DJs and music producers, and they've got three and a half, four million followers on social media. They have the influence of our youth. The devil has taken something that God created us to worship him with, which is called music, and the devil has imitated it because he can't create it, and he's stealing the youth through the wrong songs and the wrong words and the wrong, and, and, and the church is like, I said, Lord, give me those guys. One of them is well-known. I prayed for him at the airport a few years back. I've sent him inboxes on social media the last week, and I'm waiting for them to come and see me. I'm going to see them and pray for them and say, hey, listen, stop your nonsense, man. Use that gift God has given you to draw young people to Jesus. Do you know truth and error are so close? If you fly to London, when we can fly again, and they go onto autopilot, and they set the autopilot one degree on the wrong coordinates, after 11 hours of flight, you're going to land somewhere in the Atlantic, not over London. It's only one degree out, but by the time you land, you way out. Like, it's not a bad song, man. Those words aren't that bad. It's got a good beat, man. I like the song because of the beat. 
And you keep singing about killing yourself and you keep singing about. The devil, devil imitated. He was the worship leader in heaven and he rebelled. Pride. Get your focus back on God. In true worship, when your focus is on God, He becomes your reality. I'm nearly done. He becomes your reality. Abram didn't doubt God's promise anymore. Because whatever God gives, whatever God has given me is His anyway. He's only entrusting me with that. If God gave me Isaac, and He wants me to give Isaac back, Hey, I trust God and His promise. He has the ability to raise Isaac from the dead. I know lockdown has been long. But let's just make this clear. God has not called us to sacrifice our children. It's a prophetic image of Jesus. He was just testing the man that would be the father of faith. He was just testing the man who would be the father of faith and faith and the example to us. Psalm 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. Do we understand what all means? His praise shall continually be in my mouth in the bad seasons, in the good seasons, in the struggling seasons, in the prosperous seasons. In the healthy seasons, in the not so healthy seasons. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried out and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. You see, the more you worship, the more you surrender to God, the bigger God becomes in every situation. Because what you magnify is what's going to magnif- manifest. Nehemiah says to the people in Nehemiah 4.14, what we've been speaking about, do not be afraid of them. Remember who the Lord. Great and awesome. And fight for your brethren and your sons and your daughters. Your purpose is that. And your wives and your houses. But the focus is on God. The focus is on a God who is great and awesome. So I want to challenge you this morning to stop talking about your battles. Stop talking about your problems. Stop magnifying COVID and what it's done to you. And begin to magnify the Lord. Because when you magnify Him, you minimize your problems. As God gets bigger, your problems get smaller. As God gets bigger, He becomes your reality. We have to face our battles in His presence, worship Him, get ready. Not our pride, not our tradition, not our culture, not all those outside influences. We have to seek Him for who He is and then watch what He will do. He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. Let me bring an extra thought. Some people said to me, As a, to be a Christian, I don't have to go to church. I'll argue biblically, left, right, and center. But here's the thought. The church only benefits when you participate. 
Church is not a cinema where you come to watch a preacher or a worship team perform. And you sit as the judge of idols. Consumerism culture. Church is about participation. Worship is about participation. If you read further on in Psalm 34, it says, O taste. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. O fear the Lord, you His saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. We can't have a worship service while you watch, observe, or arrive late. Court in Scotland ruled that online worship is not real worship. And I understand for some people it's the only form of worship they've got right now. But it's time to come back to the building. Together with the saints. Corporate anointing. It's time to participate as a family together. We are a family as a church. You don't come to watch us. You come to worship with us. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want you to have a moment in God's presence, whether you're watching online, on Faith TV. The Bible says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. I come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. Focus on Him. It is He who made us. We're not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him. Bless His name for the Lord is good and His mercy everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. Father, as we stand in your presence, maybe it's new to some of us. I pray that you would come. As we lay ourselves on the altar of worship, as we surrender to you, come move past reason, intellect, man's understanding, culture, tradition, language barriers. Even anticipated expectation. Come and be God for a moment. Come on, just worship Him in abandonment for a moment. There in your homes, here in this building. No matter who you are. Come on, just worship Him. Come on, stand off that couch now. Get up off that couch. Come on, just for a moment. Come on, cry out to him. That confusion, that battle, that wrestling, 
it will fade as you magnify him as you put your focus upon him be moment just for a second if you're watching this broadcast on the other side of that camera your life is not right with God you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus you have but you've wandered away just pray this prayer with me right now for a second put your hand upon your heart and just pray this prayer say dear Lord Jesus I believe that you are the son of God that you died for my sins that you rose from the grave to give me life and I ask you Jesus to come into my life, to be my Lord and my Savior. I receive your forgiveness and your promise of new life. And I choose to follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning, the Bible says you are saved by the confession or belief in your heart, the confession of your mouth. I ask you to contact us. The details are on the screen. Contact us. Write to us and we can give you a booklet to help you in your walk with God. Be there to support you as you make that decision to serve God. I want to encourage you to come and visit us here at One Kubu Avenue. If you're watching in another province, somewhere else, go and visit one of the CRC churches, www.crc.org.za, and you can get to a CRC church near you. So for all of those online, God bless you. We love you. 